Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best saddle up now, kids, cause here we go. Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm your host, Austin Pryor from MalkovichMinute.net, and once again, let's hear it for Niall and John from Batminute. Howdy! You got a lot of guts showing yourself around here, Parker, after what you pulled. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm blending two things there, because that's from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> but it's also a Clint Eastwood Western voice. So. Nice. Yeah, so we're in uh, Minute 5 of Silverado. Minute 5 is just this continuation of this lovely slow montage of uh, beautiful scenery he makes his night camp near a rushing stream the land flattens as he approaches the desert this is barely a paragraph of the script compared to minute two which is like 10 paragraphs to describe all the action (laughs) i didn't even get to read it all it was so long because this is just that lovely sparse mood setting and uh and we've got some some credits along the way as well Mm. i think every single film ever made Mm needs this shot this long wide shot that just holds on somebody going from left to right it's just such a nice shot isn't Mm, it like mm. no cuts just keep on that it's beautiful it's free and when somebody Mm. enters the frame and exits the frame i don't know if we see it both in the same shot but you just gives you the sense of scale yeah that you're just seeing somebody slowly make their way across this kind of infinite feeling landscape yeah, it's lovely. Gorgeous. And again, not to knock modern movies, but you don't get those shots. No. It would cut 30 times in this sequence. <laughs> yeah, and people are making these kinds of films, but they're kind of more going under the radar. And Yeah. Because mm. I'm going to pick up this thread because we've been talking about it a lot uh, this week. Modern filmmaking. People kind of say the same thing about music. Oh, music is rubbish now. And it's like... Oh, yeah. And it's really not so much that music has gone rubbish, but the charts probably have gone rubbish. And I think that's mainly like a function of capitalism because there's been fewer and fewer resources um, pumped into fewer and fewer artists and they have to be big. And every movie that, that kind of makes its money has to be an absolutely massive production and be, you know, and it's the same with music. It's the same with, with kind of all commercial art. Well, Nowadays. remember Solo? That was considered a bomb because yeah. it only made like I don't know, yeah. what, like thirty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was, it cleared it cleared serious money, and it was just like, well, it underperformed. Oh, yeah, this jeopardizes the production of future film production. <laughs> Lawrence Kasdan written the Solo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Star Wars Everything is connected, but it's definitely the same with music. You're right because, like, I know, I know so many musicians and things who basically say, "Yeah, I don't make any money, dude." Yeah. Yeah, like there's no money in it now, and um, unless you're like at that really high level, and there's yeah. like there's loads of people making loads of amazing music. There's more amazing music being made and and released to, to for public availability than there ever has been yeah. in history, and easier to access. Exactly, but it feels like there's less because if you turn on the radio, it's just like God, everything sounds the same, and everything you know. Yeah, and we yeah. we are older and all that stuff as well. It's definitely true, but like, so I think. 
it's important to remember that, uh, you know, when you say movies don't do this anymore, it's like big movies movies don't do this anymore. Big, big movies, the, you, yeah. You know, Marvel movies don't kind of have time to breathe and um, and maybe, you know, maybe Scorsese has a point. <laughs> he does. Like, I think that the, the best solution is a blending, right? Imagine a Marvel movie made like this. With some yeah. lovely establishing shots. I want to see a very I mean, different Marvel movie. Let's just go was, bonkers. That was the big thing though, that happened. Because yeah, a director who does work like this was the director of Nomadland, uh, Chloe yeah. Zhao, made The Eternals. Yeah. And people were like, this is too slow and it's too yeah. boring. And there's just yeah. it's all these big, vast expanses. And it's just like a lot of scenery and stuff in it. Yeah. Like, what? Where's, the, where's the quips? Where's the action and stuff? See, like, I still haven't watched it yet, but you've sold it to me on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm exactly the same. It's like, oh, this sounds like I'll actually dig it. But um, Yeah, I want to watch yeah. that. Yeah. I've, see, I've seen the other style a billion times. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Give me a di- I'm not sick of Marvel movies. I'm not sick of superheroes. I'm sick yeah. of that style. Give yeah. me a different style, please. Mm-hmm. But um what well, we should say uh, you know talking about the different styles and variations of things. Uh it would be remiss though because we've spoken a little bit about Scott Glenn. Uh, I'm assuming it's him riding the horse around here. I don't know if he I got think so. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the long shot. It's stuff, hard to but, tell either way, isn't it? Uh, but the uh, of course um People who, anyone who does listen to Batman will know that me and John frequently go on side tangents about Hannibal. And, uh, of course, Scott Glenn will be uh, known to a lot of people as the third best Jack Crawford. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from <laughs> the Silence third of, best, okay. Silence of the Lambs, he plays Jack Crawford. And then, of course. Wait, like, so who's your second favorite? Of course, obviously, number one, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, uh, but it's no, your second from Manhunter. Yeah, Dennis Farina yeah. in Manhunter is just I thought it would be. I just love Manhunter in general, of course. But Manhunter directed, you know, uh, Michael Mann, who also directed The Keep, which stars Scott Glenn. Right. Michael uh, Mann, Hunter. Um, <laughs> and and round out, uh, who's the other Crawford? Uh, and then you'll have, uh, obviously, Scott Glenn, then Harvey Keitel Harvey comes Keitel. in. Harvey Keitel. Red Dragon. Uh, just terrible, terrible movie. Uh, yeah, not <laughs> but, great. I mean, Manhunter is an underrated film, though. Mm-mm. Oh but yeah, Manhunter is really—it's clinging on there in terms of just like people. People still really love it, but it's still not—it is—it is very much drowned out of the conversation when people talk about Hannibal Lecter because it's just like, oh yeah, that was like a really kind of dated Michael Mann movie from the eighties, where it was all synths and it's very eighties. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that 80s. as a positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like just look—it just looks like Miami Vice, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of issues. With it, but, um, but then, we, uh, of course, then one of the crests. Sorry. Then one of the credits that pops up here uh, is for Wally Nasita. Yes. Um, and uh, you guys look into Wally Nasita? Why don't you take the lead? I'll let you... Uh, <clears throat> I-, I won't bore you with all my Wally Nasita knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the big things I, I got very curious about and um, is that uh, Wally Nasita is actually a woman. I assumed from the name. I was like, oh, it must yeah. be a man. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's actually uh, Wallace Nasita. Uh, and I, I'm not too sure if it was Wally because she, she worked from 1979 onwards, 1979 to 1989. Uh, and I don't know if it was like a in Hollywood, you need to get your foot in the door, putting down the, a man's name might open more doors for a woman in the industry or something. But I'm like, oh, yeah, this Wally guy, might he might know what he's doing. Or that might be just me randomly speculating <laughs> on something that might not have been an issue. She might have <clears> just <throat> genuinely gone by Wally the entire time. Yeah. but. Um, for our purposes, on uh, you know, consider it's only like a, a ten-year career, uh, very, very prolific, 
and it, it, you know, in terms of the uh, casting uh, direction and, and stuff like that, and a lot of Batman connections for for us, John, because it's got uh, well, Deadcom, was the oh. Nicole Kidman introduced yeah. sort of Nicole Kidman to Hollywood. That was yeah. her, her big break. Uh, going Ape, with <laughs> classic Danny DeVito and uh, Tony Dancer. Hey, Get if DeVito's ape. in it, I'm there. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Also, of course, uh, worked on the Falcon and the Snowman. Which stars Pat Hengel, our beloved oh, yeah, commissioner. Oh, the prequel Gordon. to The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, also did the casting for Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Of course, uh, Tim Burton's debut movie. Which uh, we still need to cover. Yeah. In yeah. some form. I mean, we're not doing minute by minute. Of it. <laughs> Another movie we desperately need to cover, The Witches of Eastwick. Of course, oh. has friggin' Jack Nicholson himself, Michelle Pfeiffer. We can do all of these Jack Nicholson. Yeah, of course. Jack Nicholson at the height of his sexiness. I, I myself would argue. Saucy Jack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, yeah, just things like um, Earth Girls are easy, of course. Jeff Goldblum again, yeah. but Jim Carrey there as well. So, yeah, lots of, lot, of, lot of Batman connections back to us, uh, John. But she did Excellent. tons of stuff. Um, Fabulous Baker Boys. Uh, War Games, that's one of hers. Oh, uh, War Games, okay. Yeah. Of course, then, yeah, Private Benjamin and Body Heat and The Big Chill. She, she works very uh, very tightly there with uh, Lawrence Kasdan on, yeah, on his so way up. So. Lawrence Kasdan, uh, yeah, this is this is relevant. Lawrence Kasdan made the big chill. Have have you two seen it? And what did you think? I have I s- not. I saw it a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I remember it being like, oh yeah, it was it was okay. It didn't it didn't wow me, but yeah. I know that it is regarded as being like a wow kind of movie. It's one of those movies that I I, I must need to revisit because somebody gave me the DVD when I was sick at home from work and I, <laughs> I had a violent reaction against the film. I was just, oh, like, oh, I was just like, this is just garbage. And I can't really remember what I thought of it other than like, basically it's like, I love ensemble movies like this i love the music in this movie and i and i and i love movies about you know just relationships and people and and you know that's not the problem with it but i was just like this when people talk about movies like this being boring and having you know nothing going on this is what they're talking about was my reaction (laughs) and i do it's one of those films that like I, looking back, I must have been, you know, if it's that well regarded, I'm very willing to give it a, a reappraisal. And I was, mm. um, and I was a bit sick, you know. Um, so <laughs> help, yeah. So I just, uh, it, it really rubbed me up the wrong way. And I was like, thank, thank God for that soundtrack. Mm. Mm. It's all the old Motown stuff, and it's it's great. But um, you know, I was like, this is the type of film I should like, and it ain't doing it. Um, in fact, I just like. Who would like this? I was angry. I was like, who would? <laughs> See, when I hear somebody hates something this much, yeah. now I'm intrigued. But mm. I'm I'm the same. Listening to myself, I'm like, it can't be like that. You must have. So now you got to watch it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I must have watched it wrong, you know? Yeah. My, my main memory from The Big Sick, though, is like the, not The Big Sick, The Big, the sick. big Chill. Oh, a very good film. Yeah. But let's just different. talk about The Big Sick and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to The Big Sick Minute. Yeah. But the one hurl at a time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, my main memory of it is the thing. Like, I feel I, I don't want to tread on people's toes. I know this will come up later. But the fact that Kevin Costner was originally in that movie as the guy whose funeral they're going to, and he's oh. only in it now. He's com- cut completely out, right. except for like a shot of him in a, in a coffin. 
And that was just one of the, like, this is his big Hollywood debut. And this is like, yeah, you're, you're out of the movie, kid. Sorry. Oh, it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Although it's kind of appropriate, too. Because like, you know, he plays the, the brother of Scott Glenn in this movie. And then yes. Scott Glenn was in Apocalypse Now. And he's virtually entirely cut out of that movie. Yeah. He was the guy who was previous to Martin Sheen, was sent in to get Marlon Brando. Right. And he's, he's in it for like three seconds. as like, oh yeah, there's Scott Glenn. And that's like, he must have, you know, they're out shooting that for like five years. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's many scenes of Scott Glenn that are like... Yeah. He, that we, he probably felt the whole movie's worth seeing. Yeah. 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 He's like, we'll release the, the Glenn cut. I guess. And we'll probably see it when Coppola decides to re-re-re-cut that film. But, <laughs> oh um, yeah, he's probably got five more cuts in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... um yeah that feels right for apocalypse now because of its troubled production and like harrison ford is the same it's like oh harrison ford's in this so mm. oh now he's not <laughs> you know <laughs> um and uh and of course Lawrence fishburne but he was a complete unknown at the time so it's okay yeah. that he, you know that he disappears in it yeah that was another one that blew my mind because i watched that yeah again i only watched that late 20s early 30s um for the first time and i had no idea he was in it yeah. So I'm watching it and I'm like, hang on a second. Yeah, yeah. That's the, a very the, distinctive looking man. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there was a time where they're out shooting that movie and like Fishburne was off his head on something and he saw the future and he was like, someday, Scott Glenn, people are going to say I'm a better Jack Crawford than you will ever be. <laughs> oh! <laughs> And Scott Glenn was like, get out of here, kid. No, no one's going to remember the name Larry Fishburne. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's Larry, isn't he? Yeah, he's Larry. Yeah. Then. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. That's he's good. not a Larry. <laughs> Everything's oh. connected. I finally get to say that. Hey, you can steal it. Use it. Okay, so, yeah, let's talk about uh, Minute 5 mm. <laughs> again. Well, there's something else I really love here. Go for it. Campfire coffee. Mm. I didn't know this was really a thing before, yet again, playing yeah. Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two, the sequel. Because you've got to help yourself to that campfire coffee. Uh, and I'm wondering, American listeners, can you let us know what's the difference? Is it like super strong? I imagine yeah. it's a very strong roast. I bet they would make it strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll like blow your head off. Mm. Mm. But I suspect it wouldn't be that amazing of a take i don't know it, probably but, technically not a nice coffee yeah 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 but then but then i don't know like it would probably be all by virtue of the fact of being back in them days it would just all be kind of organic and lovely and you know Maybe. probably really really nicely bred beans you know before um mechanization yeah. came in and improved and ruined everything at the same time yeah, improve. Yeah. <laughs> and you just know the whole thing, you just have bits of coffee beans stuck in your teeth afterwards. Yeah. The bottom of the cup would be just all the, the extreme dregs. Hey, then I'm a fan of Turkish coffee. And when you finish a Turkish coffee, you have sludge in your cup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but have you guys ever started a fire without mechanical aid <laughs> no because like, this is a thing I'm not, that, a, I don't know. I'm not a man <laughs> yeah but that's the thing. I, don't, I wonder if it's going to be like you know, I'm certain there will always be certain people in the world who will be able to do it but like I've, I've talked of you know going out and camping trips in the, yeah. you know, the last couple of years and stuff and every time I'm like yeah but if I didn't have you know the little you know, little blowtorch thing you're supposed yes. to bring and the little ga- gas canister it's like could I do this if I was out in the wilderness by myself could I actually mm. 
construct a fire. I was like, I don't think that I could. And I feel in many ways, then when I think, it's like, I should be able to do that. That should be a thing that everyone should be able to do in it's, their life. Yeah, absolutely. And there are people working to preserve that kind of knowledge. You know what I mean? There's people who have off-grid mini internets that they'll put in like boxes where you've got like a little, you know, those Raspberry Pi single board computers yeah, connected yeah. to a hard drive that has like a big chunk of Wikipedia downloaded into it, plus like a library of all survivalist kind of. Um, and then you put all of that into this box that's sealed with anti EMP lining. <sighs> So that in the case of, in all sorts of different apocalyptic scenarios, this box would survive. And so then these are around and the people who are into this stuff know about it. And then if you can get your hands on some cache of buried uh, treasure, you can get all this like vital knowledge. It's amazing. In there is all that kind of survivalist knowledge of how to light a fire if you've got nothing. And I think probably in this scenario, Emmett probably just has matches. But I'm mm. sure he's got good skills as well that if he runs out of matches, he can he can do something about it. Well, that's the thing as well. Lighting a fire isn't just, let's get some sticks and get some matches. You need no, to know no. what sticks. Yes, and... and you need something super easy to light first, yeah. and that has to light something that's a bit harder to light, and etc. Yeah, Which so, is where I would immediately stumble. <laughs> yeah, so you need like really, really light, dry little shavings. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Even though if he had matches, he'd be doing that that Clint Eastwood thing of like he can light the match on his palm yeah, ah, just, yeah. or like on his boot or something like what the hell how, how do you do that <laughs> that's because we grew up with like to the extent that we grew up with matches at all we grew up in the era of safety matches where yeah. they only work on the flint on the side of the box Mm. It used to be matches used to just be these mad things that were just really easy to light and they just ignite light them on their face and stuff like it's just <laughs> um I just yeah. used to always think it was like no Clint's just so his skin's so tough and yeah. leathery he's so masculine is, well I mean that's yeah. that's that's part of it too but they really were you know there were, there were people who could light matches on their face <laughs> what's more manly than that yeah very little um Lighting a fire from your stubble. <laughs> Speaking of being outdoors as well, the terrain seems to change a little bit. Um, yeah. There's there's a lot less, I don't want to say greenery, because yeah. there's very little greenery to begin with. To begin but with, yeah. Less, um, let's say, foliage. And now it appears, as this minute progresses, he's in like the desert desert. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And that is the point of this, because you think you're getting you think you're not really getting a story. You think you're just getting endless shots of the same thing. Mm. But as it says in the script, the land flattens as he approaches the desert. The sun beats at him as he dismounts at the edge of a white hot plain. He takes a short pull from his canteen and squints off across the flat. Okay, that didn't happen in the movie, but it's very similar kind of vibe. Empty space. All he can see ahead is blinding sand and blue sky. And we're setting up how desolate the place is that in, yeah. in, in in next week's minutes we're going to find something well I won't spoil it something or someone is going to be found in that so it really it sells it like it we start out in the wilderness and then it gets more and more sparse and by the time we get to whatever he'll see on Monday's minute it, it really emphasizes how little there is there how little kind of security there is and how much exposure there is i wonder if that's illustrative then of um where they all eventually end up 
Because where they end up is it's not a safe place. No. <laughs> um, it's so very... Where they, where they end up at the very end or... Well, so... I, I suppose you could go with either. They yeah. don't seem to have a good time anywhere they go. No. no. <laughs> um, the, the point of silver out of the old west. It was all horrible. Yeah. Well, that's what made me laugh when they arrive at Silverado. Yeah. I mean, I assumed oh, the goal is we're going to go to Silverado. It's going to be yeah. the nicest place in the world. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> it's not much better than the first place they end It's up. not El Dorado. No, oh, oh, well, uh, that's yeah. maybe why I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think the fact that it's called that, it's kind of maybe a bit of a red herring because, um, yeah, because you think like Turley, oh, that, you know, rubbish little town, Turley, and then, you know, we'll go to the big place. It's like, yeah, this is kind of bad too. <laughs> it's not It's not really yeah. much different to Turley. <laughs> yeah, it's bigger and it's uh, and the sheriff is worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had a better deal with John Cleese. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just like some uh, yeah, some random little credit bits here, but it's all the sort of like seeing how like uh, as I mentioned before, like how incestuous. Yes, uh, the Kazans kind of tend to keep things like because yeah. we have um, you know Mark Kazan is uh, brought up there, who also co-wrote the film, of course. Yeah, that's Lawrence's brother. We'll go on to work with him. Many times again down the road, mm-hmm. uh, like little things like um, we have, uh, you know, Carol Litterton there as the the editor. Yes, she also would work, you know, throughout the entire career. She started off with the big chill. Well, she started off with Lawrence Kasdan in the Big Chill, and would go on to work in pretty much, you know, all all of his movies. After yeah, that as well. Yeah. I love that. Have a little team that you know yeah. work well with you. Have your friends. We'll also say too, she worked on a, a Lawrence Kasdan movie that always goes under the radar. And uh, I remember catching it, uh, like a friend of mine recommended it to me. He randomly called and he's like, you should seek out this film. This thing called Mumford. Well, I've not seen I don't know if you guys ever, ever heard of this. No. And it's, um, it's a great movie. Really stacked cast in it now in, in retrospect. Yeah. Like it's one of those ones that's like it's got young Zoe Deschanel, Jason Lee's in there. Ooh. It's got um, Hope Davis and... Uh, you know, Mary McDonnell, Alfred Woodard. Uh, but it's all basically about the, the Martin Shorts in there too, actually, as well. Oh. Uh, and um, it's about, about a small town. And everyone keeps calling to this guy who's Dr. Mumford. Yeah. Who's like supposed to be like, oh, he's the, great, he's the greatest psychiatrist in the world. He comes, sits and helps everybody out with their problems and stuff. And it's just one of these weird things where people uh, start looking into him. And one of the rival psychiatrists in the town, played by Jane Adams, who I love, Mel from Frasier. Right. Wow. I was going to say, who's that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, iconic Jane Adams. Once you once you see her, like, oh, I know that lady. She's in tons of stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, she looks into him. Turns out that Mumford himself isn't actually a qualified psychiatrist and stuff. He's actually just some random guy who just knows how to listen to people. And it's just mm. a very strange, like, little, you know, insular little film. Kind of slice of life, small town. Yeah. 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 It's really good. I think it's kind of in that. I want to say it's like a New England kind of setting and stuff, but you really. It's one of those movies like, again, the town is like a character <laughs> into itself and stuff. I know that's a cheesy thing to say, but when I hear that, I always. I always get a good feeling about a movie. Yeah, yeah. But it was just a yeah, great, great little movie, Mumford. I don't know yeah. if anyone else will mention it throughout the throughout Silverado Minute, yeah. but like if uh, anyone wants any, you know, non-Raiders, non-Empire Strikes Back, Lawrence Kasdan recommendations, mm. uh, yeah. I will say, yeah, it's, it's worth seeking out. But not if, Mumford uh, and Sons. No. <laughs> Unless that's your thing. 
you know, that's, uh, you that's do you. to your taste. Go, go right ahead. <laughs> How gracious of you, Niall. <laughs> <laughs> Will allow oh, us. Yeah. My spirit was broken a long time ago. I have the energy to argue about music taste right anymore. On, right on. Particularly when I spent so much time defending Morrissey in my teenage years and then just had to go like, okay, I, just, I give up. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't stand by this guy anymore. Now, now you can at least say, I, you love the Smiths. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Not Morrissey. That's always the way you had to say, it. I love the Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> and leave the little pause so everyone knows what you're talking about and stuff. Give him a little wink. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but no, beyond that is, that is um, you know, it's, it is just all very much like yeah, it's more well, that, credits and more Scotland wandering and yeah. Well, that kind of um, description you gave of that uh, of of Mumford as well, kind of like yeah, it just ties into this thing I've been talking about. It's kind of the theme of the week that has emerged is like, why don't they make movies like this anymore? Like ensemble, small, a, a film that's allowed to take place in a small world with with relatively low stakes the universe isn't at stake you know what i mean but that that's actually what i be... said to niall when i messaged yeah. him i was like this movie was very low stakes <laughs> mm. uh, well i suppose it was low stakes for you know it's still life or death here in in you know yeah in but in Silverado, like the grand because we're so used now to movies where yeah. it's like the end of the world <laughs> everything has to be like and the end of the world isn't big enough anymore now it has to be like the universe is the multiverse <laughs> and now the, the multiverse now is going to be in peril <laughs> reality itself will yeah, pull and blow. Yeah, yeah. whereas it was refreshing to see a movie where it's just like these characters are fighting for their lives yeah mm. and stakes are adjusted uh you know on a relative scale the audience isn't going to sit there like going how am i supposed to care about these characters when the universe is perfectly well intact exactly (laughs) (laughs) but uh this movie i'll just say one last thing you know i I just want to put it out there i enjoyed this so much i mean it's not my favorite movie don't get me wrong but i had a good time i had fun this film knows what it wants to be Yes. And it executes it well. It doesn't mix up the Western formula like too much. Yeah. But it doesn't want to. It just wants to essentially be like a love letter, an homage to movies of the past. It nails it. Bam. I know what I'm getting. Add fun. Yeah. So you have you have held back a little in your praise. So so what did you not like? Kevin Costner's performance was not to your taste. (laughs) It's pretty much just Costner and um the double-edged sword of the stakes, shall we say, of like, yeah. I like that it's low stakes, but at the same time, when someone like two days later asked me, oh yeah, what was it about? I was like, uh, like these guys oh, go yeah. to town and get in trouble. Yeah. And, <laughs> and everybody plot- constantly ends up getting locked up. <laughs> yes. The plot is really, really complicated. I still, there's still bits of it I need to iron out in my head of like, mm. where the actual like, cause and effect. Kevin Klein doesn't like with. Brian Dennehy who <laughs> runs this town yeah. that doesn't like. <laughs> yeah. But at, at the same time, it kind of doesn't matter. No. It's yeah. weird. No, isn't it? no because, because the, the emotional core, we don't know the ins and outs of everybody's history and everybody's yeah. relationship. But each scene works really well. And it really is like it, it's a it's a screenwriter's film. You know what I mean? And and it has because they balance so many different aspects. And I, I was just really impressed. And like, you know, like you, John, I had never seen it and kind of couldn't believe that it had passed me by for so long. Yeah. Um, I actually think not, it's one that will get better the second time you watch. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm, mm. I'm looking forward to uh, delving in again. 
how about you, Niall? You you came at it with a bit more familiarity. Yeah, yeah. I just I I do have an inherent fondness for it again because like I've seen it throughout the years, but always in like little patches where like again it'd always be on in the living room. Yeah, most often not on a Sunday afternoon. The dad movie. Yeah, yeah, and I wander in, watch a little, like you know, watch like half an hour, and then go off and do something else and that yeah. kind of thing. So I've seen it like this might have been the first time actually sitting down watching it beginning to end. Right. But throughout the years, I've been like, oh yeah, I've seen Silverado. I can kind of piece it together mentally and stuff. Yeah. But again, because now it does, it so bears the trademarks of a classic western, and I associate that with my dad, and I have fond memories like oh, you know, the memories my dad's still going thankfully. Yeah, because of that, I'm like, oh yeah, I have nothing but warm feelings for this movie. Great. Costner and all. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, he's playing against <laughs> type. It's weird. But hey, it's something. Hey, like it's, it's, I know I'm the I'm the strange one for not liking him. I know yeah, that. Yeah, but That's I fine. don't think you're. I don't think you're mad not to like it. I'm not. I'm not sitting here going, "What? That's the <laughs> best thing about the movie." I'm sitting here going, "Yeah, yeah." He made a very you know out there kind of choice, and it's he, probably kind of a marmite. Like you like it, you hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is like he's jumping around the place. Like we, the first thing we see him, he's jumping around in this cell. Like he has all yeah. this energy. So like, I can definitely see how that would. Uh, rub somebody up the well, wrong even way. his look like he looks like the rest of them look like real cowboys he looks like he's from back to the future three <laughs> it's weird but i think that's meant to be the character like he's <laughs> sorry niall i took off on a tangent you were explaining no. all over the movie no, no that, that was pretty much finished <laughs> it's like i'm happy to talk about back to the future part three and that's where we're going with this <laughs> The greatest Western of all time, I think we can all agree. (laughs) Absolutely. Who would argue with that? Well, folks, time for us to get us a posse and round up those sons of guns who've been wrestling my hogs. (laughs) I'll wrestle you, hog. (laughs) No, no. And so, listeners, please subscribe to the Silverado Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, are on the main site at SilveradoMinute.com. Social media, there is a group on Facebook. It's called Midnight Star Saloon, the Silverado Minute listeners group. And on Twitter, you'll find us at SilveradoMXM. And that's it for me as your host. I'll pass you on to Professor Robert E.G. Black, who will guide you through the next five minutes of the film. And I can't wait to hear that. Uh, and I want to thank Jim O'Kane, who put this whole crazy project together over there at the stately O'Kane Manor. Thank you, Jim. And uh, yeah, and this is the <laughs> fifth year he has done one of these. So you can delve in and listen to, to previous efforts. There was Die Hard and last year's one was The Best Days of Our Lives. And what other ones have they done? Do you know? We've only done Die Hard, so I actually don't okay. remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He did that one with Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer. What are they called? Uh, the Night something? Something or other about a night, I think, is in there. <laughs> yeah, excellent. I'll, the uh, Dark Knight. I'll leave all no. that in. Um, no, no. And People typing into Google. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> Night something or other. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's plenty more of these projects to delve into. And speaking of which, there are loads of great Movies by Minute podcasts over at moviesbyminutes.com. And uh, I'm sure you'll find some favorite films of yours represented there. And if not, why not start your own? Mm. Yeah, you'll find us on uh, Facebook at the Movies by Minutes listeners and makers group if you're interested in joining us there. So in closing, I'll just thank my lovely guests for the week. The John and the Nile, 
my Batminute beings. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having us. All right. Well, uh, can I get a yee-haw? Uh, Into the night. That was <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs>